0: Welcome to This is the Author, where authors talk about narrating their audiobooks. In this episode, meet authors Ruta Sepetys, Carolina De Robertis, and Morgan Parker. Whether delving into hidden histories or the inner workings of the teenage psyche, these authors have written nuanced and moving novels that are meant to be heard on audio. Go behind the mic and hear them describe the events that inspired their work. Plus, discover the identity of the friend who got you when your other friends didn't. Enjoy.
1: Hi, this is Ruta Sepetis, the author of The Fountains of Silence. The Fountains of Silence is set In Madrid, in 1957, during the dictatorship of Francisco Franco. And the story follows an American boy who meets a Spanish girl. And they're desperate to connect and understand one another. But they're fenced by silence and fear and circumstance. And they're trying to bridge this width that lays between them. The dictatorship of Francisco Franco lasted 36 years. And when I told people that I was writing a book set in Spain during the Franco regime, some people said, oh, I love Spain. Wait, remind me, who's Franco? So I wrote the book hoping that if I could share this story with readers, perhaps it would give them a better sense, through studying the past, of understanding Spain today and Spain in the future. I was inspired to write The Fountains of Silence after I went on several book tours in Spain. I met Spanish readers who were so compassionate about the hidden history in my novels. And so it was natural for me to then ask them, well, tell me about your history. And there was this pause, and they would say, it's just too difficult to understand. And I wouldn't and couldn't accept that. So I started researching it on my own. And I quickly found that, yes, Spanish history is really complex. And so it took me seven years to write this book. But I was undaunted. I was inspired and I was going to tell this story. But it was actually the Spanish readers themselves who first inspired me to look into this history. My previous audiobook, Salt to the Sea, that was a full cast recording. The book is told through four different narrators, and the audiobook has four different narrators. It was so incredibly exciting to hear those characters brought to life. A little bit surreal, you know, as well, because as an author, you write these characters and you live with them for a long time. So when I hear their voices, it just gives me chills. (laughs) It's very surreal. One of the most interesting parts for me was to hear the character of Alfred, come to life. He is not a good guy. He is a young Nazi soldier, a little creepy. And I didn't know, you know, is that going to come to life in audio? Because in reading, it's really a creative partnership. The author provides the text, but the reader brings the character to life and infuses this emotion into the character. And so I wondered, you know, what is the character of Alfred, going to sound like in audio. And he so surpassed all of my expectations. He entirely creeped me out and freaked me out, and it was fantastic. The Fountains of Silence, I'm hoping that we can capture the love of the story, the soul of the story, and also the heart Those are three different things in Spanish history. The soul of it perhaps will be represented by Rafa and Fuga, and the heart of the story will be represented by Ana and Daniel. And so I'm always so anxious to hear how those dynamics come to life in the audio. Reading aloud holds a very special place in my heart, not only for me personally, but for my family. I am the daughter of a Lithuanian refugee. As a small child, my father was forced to flee from his home in Lithuania, and he spent nine years in refugee camps in some very difficult circumstances. In the refugee camp, they had nothing. They had lost their country. They had lost their language. They had lost their family. They had lost their freedom. And once a week, The adults gathered to read to the children, partially to distract them from the hardship that they were enduring, and partially to entertain them. And my father heard the story of Pinocchio, and he was so utterly transported. And for 30 minutes or an hour, he was not a refugee. He was not starving. He was lost in this world. And so, my father always was really passionate about the power of story. So, you can imagine our parents read to us as young children. And of course, we heard the story of Pinocchio. And then, as I got older, I had a wonderful third grade teacher, I'll never forget her, Mrs. Zimmer. And she read to us from Judy Bloom and James and the Giant Peach. And again, It was absolutely magical and planted this seed in me for the love of story and books. One of my favorite things about the audio format is that it allows for the element of what's called combinatory play. If we're reading a book, most times we will simply be reading the book. We'll be sitting stationary, engrossed in reading. However, audio allows for combinatory play. We can walk while we're listening to audio. We can run. We can drive. And why is that important? Because combinatory play untangles our brain and allows us to be our most creative self So my theory is that in listening to audio, we can actually create a more enhanced and imaginative experience, because if science is right and combinatory play does allow us to be more creative, we can visualize the characters. We can feel that level of emotion, perhaps in a more enhanced way. Recently, I listened to two audiobooks that I absolutely loved— The first one was The Scorpio Races by Maggie Stiefvater. The narrators were so compelling, and their voices just were so atmospheric to me. I couldn't stop listening, and I listened to the audiobook in one sitting because I couldn't stop. I also love the audiobooks by Malcolm Gladwell. There's something about hearing him read in his own voice. I don't know, it's almost like I'm sitting in a room with him, almost like we're having a conversation, and he's speaking just to me.
0: Hi, this is Carolina de Robertis, and I'm the author of four novels, most recently Cantoras. I wrote this book because I wanted to tell the Invisible stories of queer women in Uruguay, especially under the dictatorship of the 70s and 80s, from a time when there was so much silence in general because of political repression, but above all and especially for people who were gay or lesbian, bisexual or trans. Eighteen years ago, I was a young woman in the Uruguayan diaspora, and I went back to Uruguay to find a connection to queer culture and history there. And a group of women took me to a beautiful beach called Cabo Polonio and started telling me stories of how they had been going there since the dictatorship days and how they had survived over time. I kept gathering those stories for 18 years, and the result is this book, Cantoras. If I had to describe what it was like to record my audiobook in one word, that word would be river. It might sound a little bit out of the blue, but there's something about speaking an entire book that has a rhythm to it, a kind of flow, and it went best for me when I got into that flow and let the words kind of pulse forward as if of their own accord. And it was also a gift, in a way, to read the book and thereby find that inner pulse of it in a new way. Narrating my audiobook was not necessarily easy, but there were times when it felt effortless. It felt like such a gift to be able to give these stories and characters voice there are certainly some aspects that were hard, like coming to the correct pronunciation of words that I've been holding in my head and reading on the page in a particular way all of my life. Of course, that's also a gift to get to learn more deeply about those words. I realized I had trouble pronouncing the word prayer which was a huge surprise, because that's a word that one can use a lot in many different contexts. I always say it as two syllables, prayer, and I'm not sure why, but prayer to prayer, that was a revelation. I also realized that I have some pronunciations that are holdovers from having been born in England to an immigrant family from Uruguay. And although I now have very much a California accent, every once in a while, the Britishness kind of sticks to a word without my realizing it. I'm excited about having given each character a voice of her own or his own to the best of my ability. And this is especially important in this novel, Cantoras, because there are really five protagonists. I wanted to tell this story from an almost collective point of view so that these five women form a kind of mosaic of a time and of a culture. And of an experience. And in order to really render that mosaic, I really had to distinguish between their voices. Luckily, I've had a lot of practice because I read out loud to my children: A Wrinkle in Time, Matilda, Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, and most recently, we've gotten knee-deep in the Harry Potter series. And so I have my Hermione voice and my Dumbledore voice and my Professor McGonagall voice. And so all of that has given me a lot of practice. Practice every night before going to sleep that hopefully funneled its way into being able to render this book, even though there is no Dumbledore in it, alas. If I wasn't going to record my audiobook, I would cast Salma Hayek. She's incredible. She has incredible range and a marvelous voice. And although she wouldn't have the Rio Platense accent in the Spanish naturally, I have zero doubt that she would be able to render it in the moments when the characters speak in Spanish. And that would be an absolute delight to hear for me. I do listen to audiobooks myself, increasingly on my drives to campus. I've listened to so many where I admire the work not only of the writer, but also of the narrator. One that stands out to me that I recently enjoyed is the rendering of America is Not the Heart by Elaine Castillo, and it's narrated by Donabella Mortel. I was blown away by the way that Mortel rendered so many different voices in such a diverse way in a sweeping story of a Filipino family immigrating into California. And the characters speak in four languages, English, Tagalog, Pangasinan and Ilocano and the narrator seamlessly moves from language to language and voice to voice the result being such a beautiful tapestry and portrait of a community. I love reading paper books and at the same time I'm so grateful to audiobooks for filling our ears and our lives and our time and also giving breath and life to books in a different way.
2: Hi, I'm Morgan Parker. My book, Who Put This Song On, is loosely based on my life as a teenager. It's a story about depression, about the suburbs, about being emo, and about figuring out who you are. I wrote this book because when I was a teenager and diagnosed with depression and anxiety, I didn't have any examples of people like me who were experiencing the same thing. I read The Bell Jar and Prozac Nation, but I still felt wrong that their stories didn't reflect me. So I wrote my book to fill a hole, to talk about depression, but as a black girl in the suburbs. Mostly I wrote this book because I started it when I was a teenager. I had scraps of paper about my first therapy session, and obviously I did not finish it. So... I thought I owed it to my teenage self to finish the project and tell my story. Music is super important in the book, and especially to the main character. Music is so important when you're a teenager, and I love music as a grown-up. I remember how picking music felt like not only creating a soundtrack to your life, but creating an environment, having something to hold on to, that was just yours. Music was the way that you expressed yourself, the way that you showed other people who you were. And music was the friend that totally got you when your other friends didn't. Part of my job is to read out loud and to go see my friends read out loud. I love books and I love stories and there's something really special and intimate about hearing someone read it to you, to read their work, to stand in front of you and to hear the work in their own voice. What I love most about audiobooks is the intimacy. I love hearing the dialogue in a character's voice and not just mine. And I love to listen to audiobooks while I'm driving and cooking. It feels like the characters and the narrator and the author are all in the room with me.